welcome back to Four Worlds Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lise. I'm here with Rabbi Charna Rosenholtz. Last week, we stood at Mount Sinai. We received the Torah, instructions for living life in relationship with the divine. This week, we will read Parshat Mishpatim, social laws that help us to be in right relationship with one another. We will be focusing on Exodus chapter 24, verse 7. The verse begins, Then he took, Moses took, the record of the covenant and read it aloud into the ears of the people. And the people responded, All that God has spoken for us to do, we will do. And next and after we do those practices, those mitzvot, those mishpatim, those social laws, we will then understand, we will then listen, and we will then take heed. Rev Charna, I'd like you to help us connect to how this verse applies to our lives. My pleasure. This verse has been very formative in shaping my Jewish journey. Uh, many of you know that I didn't become a bat mitzvah until I was 36 years old. That would have been in 1993. And I studied, started studying Torah that year, the first time I studied it. And so I was very new. And it took me a long time to be able to really ground and land into the text. The first year or two, it spun so quickly. There's so much going on. There's so much to understand. So let me share, let me break some of these words down a little bit because it's so potent, you know? So, so he took the record of the covenant, you said, the Sefer Habrit, the Sefer, uh, the book of the covenant. And the commentators say, what is that book of the covenant? What are they talking about? This covenant between Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob that now is passed on to the children of Israel. And a lot of commentators speak to the fact that this covenant are these laws that have come to us so far. What we've received is the laws of Passover, uh, the laws of counting, you know, counting the first month, the laws of Shabbat. And now we are given these 53 mishpatim, social laws. And I love that because we receive these social laws, these laws of how to treat each other right after the revelation. For me, what I receive from that is the light of God comes through. The light of God is possible. This sense of being in relationship with the creator is now ours. And if you really want to move revelation forward, you have to start with how you treat each other. How we treat each other is going to be the measure of our spiritual journey. If I can spin off and have a mystical experience, then come back down and treat the people in my life poorly, then perhaps I didn't really receive the lights of God. That's what's being suggested to us. Mm. And then the people, so they hear all this and they say, 
now that we've heard all this, we'll do it. And then we'll hear it in a deeper way. We'll hear it perhaps in our bodies. We'll hear it in a way that we will remember something about what is the most important. Oh, thank you. I love that. And I love that. I don't know if you remember last week, the children of Israel says, yes, yes, we'll do this. We'll do it even before they knew what it was. They'll say, we'll do it. But this week in chapter 24, verse seven, we're told, look, we'll do it. We might not even understand it at first, but we'll do it first and understand it second. The word Shema, which is such an important part of Jewish theology or ethical monotheism, the word Shema, do you want to break that word down for us, Rabbi Shoshana? Sure. Uh, people might be familiar with you know, the Shema, right? The central prayer. Um, it's really a declaration, a statement, right? Like if we were at a protest, any, any Jew at a protest could hold a sign that says, Shema Yisrael because of my awareness and my affirmation that everything and everyone is connected and one, I am obligated to stand up for, you know, you fill in the cause. So Shema is our statement, but it's also, it means to hear. It means hear, it means listen, it means understand, and it means obey. So we will embody in our being we'll hear something even more deeply after we do it. And the key is we'll do it even before that happens. And in the process of doing it, we trust, we've spoken a lot about trust, that something else will arise. Even if we don't understand at first, we'll trust and we'll take a leap. Because our relationship with the divine, now that we've taken on this covenant, requires of us to do these mishpatim. Exactly. So the fact that it is coming into the, that it, the text expi- explicitly states, read it or call it, uh, kra is not only a reading, but it also means a calling out. It's supposed to go directly into the ears. And so for me, this is yet one more example of how the Torah is an embodied text. I want to share with everybody a beautiful excerpt from Reb Nachman of Bratzlov, a 19th century early Hasidic thought leader. And this particular translation comes from Rabbi Matthew Ponick's book, Embodied Kabbalah. Here's the quote, at all times, every person's soul is perceiving and comprehending profoundly transcendent matters. The body, however, doesn't know about them. So every person should tune into the very substance of the body to witness and to refine it until the soul will be able to enlighten it with all that it sees and grasps at each moment. Now, if you look below, we've put this quote into the comments section so you can come back to it. What we really learn here is two things. First of all, that the soul knows And the body has to catch up. We have to purify the body, hence the meets vote. We have to purify the body so the body can receive this soul wisdom. But the other thing it hints to is something that the Sfat Emmet teaches us. Um, And remember, the Sfat Emmet attaches a huge value to the faculty of hearing. He says that the destiny of the Jewish people 
lies precisely in their openness to the continual revelation of the not yet revealed. So if we consider that the flash of God's um, instructions for us came all at once at Sinai, but was not yet quite accessible to everybody. Not everybody was ready to receive the full teaching. Hence, there had to be a boundary around that mountain. That that uh, the, the full possibility of revelation was offered as a possibility to humanity. And now our job is to do until through the understanding that comes from listening and embodying, the revelation of the not yet revealed opens up over time. We shall do and we shall hear. It's really important as, uh, you know, for me to hear this now as someone who um, let's say has a relationship with Jewish law that really values, you know, looking at our needs today, looking at democratic process, empowering listeners and learners to discern God's will. But I'm sort I'm humbling myself now to say, you got to do step one, which is to, to, to do the already revealed. Like we can't access the not yet revealed if we're not grounding ourselves in the bones, as you like to say, right? In the written Torah that has provided us a whole blueprint for living life. And sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we don't want to go to shul. Sometimes we don't want to stop everything and light the Shabbos candles. Sometimes we want to eat that shrimp. But my relationship with the divine and with the thousands of years of, of Jewish spiritual practice that I've now inherited, I've got a responsibility to uphold even the parts I don't understand. And even while I have the obligation to make it real, to make it relevant, you know, um, yeah. So thank you. I appreciate what you're saying. Let me share an example for me of how this landed for me back in, uh, back in the days. So it's 1995. It's the third year I'm going through this. And we're studying in our weekly Torah study group. We're studying the kosher laws and all the food you're not supposed to eat. You're not supposed to eat pig, seafood, various things like this. And I loved my eggs and sausage. I loved my bratwurst. Um, I loved um, things like that. And I was stirred. I said, I really am finding value in this book. It's giving a very clear message of what I shouldn't eat. These are things that I eat. I wonder, is this archaic or does this matter? And then I read this verse, right? Do and you will understand. Um, and my bodywork practice made me say, right, because things that the body knows are different. So I made a promise to myself for three years, I would not eat anything the Torah forbid me to eat. In the end of that three years, I would assess to find out whether or not it was spiritually productive. Lo and behold, at the end of the three years, as I really went into discernment of whether or not this would work for me, the first thing I discovered was the feeling I had in my body around fulfilling rules and laws that my ancestors had done, things that have gone on for hundreds if not thousands of years, connecting me as a link in the chain 
door to door, generation to generation, and taking that place filled me with something so warm and beneficial that it became motivational. The second thing I discovered is that there had been an unconsciousness to my eating. I ate for physical pleasure alone. By following these rules and laws of food, I discovered that I brought more consciousness and awareness to what I put into my mouth, that I raised up that act of eating, that the pleasure of not eating a bratwurst was more powerful than the pleasure of eating. And I appreciated that. One last thing that this Fat Emmett says, he, he wants to let us know that by means of our actions, we form the words of God. By means of our actions, if we're going to draw down the internal vitality of God's words, we do this through our actions. Hence, we do, and over time we understand and grow into our own spiritual satisfying journey. Right. And, and it says, you know, we form the words of God, like we actually continue the words of Torah in, in their, yes. in their re revelation. We bring God, you know, we, we become the beacon of light. We become Torah. Um, so I would love to close with um, the message of a teacher of mine, Rabbi Goldie Milgram, who created mitzvah cards, um, 52 of them. This has 53 in it. You know, pick your top 52 mitzvot, look in, these, in this text and the one just before, and find a mitzvah that you're curious about. Not one you do all the time already, not one that just feels completely um, inaccessible to you, but one that you might be aware of, curious about, you know, and do it. And then see. And see if. And listen. You can find a revealing of it for today's time, something that makes sense to you today, because being open to the future of these laws revealing themselves as new, my friends, it's part of the magic of the Torah. May you have an amazing Shabbat. May you do and understand. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rav Chana.